0: interestingly we've just interviewed for a junior for the shop and one of our questions was how do you deal with the lgbtiq plus community because we do get a few through our space and pretty much every one of those 14 and 15 year olds just went oh yeah all my friends are gay and i'm like cool none of my friends were gay at your age and if they were they were really quiet about it they weren't they were not saying anything in a country town so i think that's nice to see that's changed but there's still a small segment out here that it has not changed for. We've, we've still got a, a lot of people that are pretty sure my wife who works with me is my sister. We're very close for siblings.
1: My name is Jo, and I'm a lesbian woman living on Torrung Country, working with Macedon Rangers Accessible Arts. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Tauranga lands of the Kulon Nation, and pay my respect to Elders past and present. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. This episode you're about to hear is with Rain, a lesbian woman who runs the old auction house's arts precinct in Kyneton, as well as living in the region. Rain talks about growing up in the Masson Ranges in the 80s and 90s, and compares it to living and working in the region now as a wife, carer, art teacher and business owner.
0: My name's Rain, I use she, her pronouns and I run the old auction house in Kyneton which is an art space and I am also part of a group called uh, Mass and Arrangers Accessible Arts which is um, working, it's a new new organisation we're working to get more accessibility for whole sorts of artists into regional Victoria. Are you from this area? Uh, I grew up in Woodend, so yeah, just down the road. I lived here for about the first 20 years, no eighteen years, and then I lived in Melbourne briefly and then we moved back when we were looking to buy land. And what was the pool? It was the land, the pool uh, back. It was I joined the family business, so that was um, a good reason to move back, but also we wanted more land. We looked at the whole state and we looked at like a whole map and decided that actually yeah this was a good area. It's not too far to Melbourne. It was, as a gay couple, it was an accessible area to live in, whereas a lot of places we looked at were not. Um, even just the real estate agents just kind of looked at you funny, so why would you move into those areas? So tell me about your what you actually do here. in. So I run the old auction house. We have uh, two galleries with rotating shows, um, mainly emerging and mid-career artists, and helping them get shows up and group shows and work with them and then we have Australian handmade supplies in the shops so working with small makers and then we have on-site art studios, uh, permanent glass studio which I'm the second generation of and we teach, we do commissions, repairs
2: and yeah we do all of that What do you think some of the challenges are in regional areas in terms of for people who identify as LGBTQIA plus?
0: An odd challenge that I find here is anybody that doesn't have an issue with it just assumes that the rest of society is okay with it so we're currently running a queer art prize and people go well what do you need that for it we're fine with this like you don't need this and it's like the rest of the community may not agree with you so um we definitely find from the artist perspective that they can't necessarily put the themes that they would like to put on display So this is part of what Master Rangers Accessible Arts is doing, helping them get the funding, helping set up shows with specific themes that their work can then fit into. Because if they're a queer artist painting animals, that's nobody cares. Just put your art into an animal exhibition. But if you want to explore anything that's a different theme, there's not always a space in in the art world for it. And we're trying to sort of offer them that space. They, they know that I'm going to stand between them and the general public and the public can tell me what they think of their art and the artist doesn't actually have to be in that vulnerable position, So, which I think is quite hard. A lot of the artists in the gallery at the moment, I think that's, that's a hard sort of push for them. And even that we can then let them have a show at the end that can have a theme of whatever it is they want to be doing or their group wants to be doing, I think is a, a good thing and just generally outside the arts, it's either. I mean, I grew up out here, nobody talked about gay people. <laughs> um, I, I know there's programs now out here and I wish they were around when I was a kid. I didn't know anything about that. I had to go and live in Collingwood to find out that other gay people existed. Um, I just thought there was something weird about me. Uh, I know um, way out in that, if that had have existed when I was a kid, that, that would have been great. But, and they're making such an impact on the schools even just that they're allowing these young people to see that there's other young people like them. Interestingly, we've just interviewed for a junior for the shop and one of our questions was, how do you deal with the LGBTIQ plus community? Because we do get a few through our space and pretty much every one of those 14 and 15 year olds just went, oh yeah, all my friends are gay. And I'm like, none of my friends were gay at your age and if they were, they were really quiet about it they, weren't, they were not saying anything in a country town so I think that's nice to see that's changed but there's still a small segment out here that it has not changed for we've, we've still got a, a lot of people that are pretty sure my wife who works with me is my sister we're very close for siblings Uh, (laughs) but they're they're pretty sure that that that's my sister so um, they don't they don't want to think about it they just want to pretend it's not happening in the community which is hard
2: but like you said it's changing and i was going to ask you that like how was it because now you're back here how was it growing up for you Is it
0: I, I just didn't know that being gay was an option. Yeah. I had like a boyfriend at 12 and then, su- then I suddenly didn't and I just didn't know why boys were so boring. Um, it wasn't until I moved to Melbourne that I was like, oh, that's because girls are interesting.
2: Um, when you moved to where? No.
0: Back down to Melbourne. Yeah. So I went down there for uni. So. Yeah, okay. um, and then moving back, I mean, we considered where we moved to quite quite carefully. We went out to every area that we were looking at and we sort of got a bit of a vibe of "Mm, are we safe here? Are there other people like us here? And I mean we knew Dalesford was already pretty queer friendly and it always has been. Um, But yeah so we sort of did look around a a
2: lot. What do you think's the yeah what do you think's made Dalesford queer friendly compared to other places?
0: I think they Kind of just moved in in the seventies and went. This is our town now, and everyone's welcome here. Do you
2: think there's enough? I I know there's a
0: bit of a divide, but for the most part, I think it's Mm. pretty. It's managing to hold, and then you start getting more events. You start getting things like Chill Out that run out of Dalesford because it's now a friendly town. And um, yeah, it's. I think these. If you open up, then it continues to open up. We, we find with our space that we, we have one rule for the gallery and it is no hate speech against any group. And it, you will be surprised how many artists that I have turned away because they're like, oh, well, but I want to, I hate this group. And I'm like, cool, then don't hang your art on my wall. I don't care what group it is. That's our line. Like you can have a political opinion. You can, you can do art that's going to question, make people question, but out and out hate speech—that's my line. Um, we're not—we're not putting up with that. Um, and and I think that makes us a bit more accessible to everybody, because everyone knows that a there'll be a new show in three weeks and something interesting will be on again. But also everyone's opinion is welcome in this in this space as long as they're voicing it as an opinion rather than just being a bigot, mm. which we do hit a lot. Thankfully, those artists don't ever bother to apply after I've spoken to them because, um, yeah. I probably don't want to see what
2: they make. Yeah.
0: It's, it sounds probably pretty terrible.
2: <laughs> and how were your family when you came uh,
0: out? Friends? Yeah. Friends were a little odd. Some of them didn't care. One of them had a lot of gay male friends and then proceeded to tell me that her God could heal me. Surprisingly, if we don't talk anymore, uh, <laughs> It was very odd because I actually thought she was going to be a fairly safe person. Um, My other friends, who were a bit more kind of protected country kind of folks, generally didn't care. My parents, they didn't care in the long run, but initially they kind of just didn't say anything about it. And then about two years later, any female I was friends with was my girlfriend. (laughs) So, you know, just a female, just a friend. (laughs) Um, My my mum especially is strides and strides now she is a principal at a school and she has something like the largest number of trans kids into primary school in the state or something like she she actively works with them so she can see that they that they needed a, a bit of a different environment and I, I think my I think my grandfather was the cutest I my grandparents were very religious so I was a little unsure my grandmother was cool she didn't care and after she passed, I got engaged and we had an engagement party. And I rang my grandfather because he hadn't replied to the invite. And I was like, "Pa, are you coming to our party? Oh, well, yeah, I guess. But, like, I don't I don't really know what it is. And I was like, oh, you know how, like, my cousin, like, we just had an engagement party for, like, them at the, the pub. And, yeah, I said, oh, it's like that, but it's at my partner's parents' house. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah I'm in. <laughs> and he was fine. He just didn't quite know what it was because... <laughs> That's not his generation. He doesn't know any sort of gay couples. But, yeah, they, they were surprisingly really fine with it. For someone that was so religious, I thought my grandmother was going to have issues. Mm-hmm. Um, the only problem I ever had was she liked one of my girlfriends and after we broke up, she kept insisting on asking how that one was with the new girlfriend who she didn't like very much, which was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was probably right. The, the new girlfriend was not great. But <laughs> she was always like, oh, how sad is that? She went,
1: could you not ask me? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, Thank God, Nana. Thanks. <laughs> um, mm.
2: yeah. How was it for you in, internally coming out?
0: Um, sort of odd. I mean, I lived away from home. so And I was in, I mean, I was in Collingwood, so Collingwood was pretty open. It, all the gay bars were there anyway. Um, I think the hardest part, I was at a Catholic university. I was pretty sure that the giant crucifix I had to walk under was probably going to fall on my head one day. Um, when I went there, the year before, their queer group had been disbanded and I was told that it was because they didn't have a need for it, they didn't have any of those people there. I don't know if they've since changed their... <laughs> that was a few years ago now. I hope they've changed their tune on such things. But but yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough I lived... The area I lived in, nobody cared.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um I was out of I was out of home, so it didn't really matter. Um, I yeah I was at I was at uni. My friend uni friends didn't really care. Um, the only only thing they cared about was occasionally we went to a bar they could pick up in. So, um, but even then they tended to like the other bars because then they got left alone. You just say no, they're straight and people would leave them alone. So, um, and they're walking distance from home. So, but yeah, I don't know. It's sort of. I've always been brought up to just be whatever I am. It's not a,
1: mm-hmm. I guess
0: I just didn't know there was other people like me. And
2: it was refreshing to yeah, meet other people like you. exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, I have some really good friends from when I came out. Like most of them are not, most of them I met online and stuff. So from, yeah, overseas and stuff. But yeah, it's just, just refreshing to know that they were there.
1: Mm.
0: What would you like to tell your teenage self? I don't, know. I don't think she'd listen to be honest. <laughs> she didn't really listen to anyone. Um, I don't know, just stick with it. I think I've always kind of just done whatever felt right for me, and I, I think that, that seems to have worked. <laughs> Maybe make a few better choices than some of my exes, but yeah, I mean, that's life. You learn something from every person that crosses you, so even if you learn that you never want to go
2: down that path again, that's um, that's still worth learning. Um, absolutely. Yeah. and regional pride does that word meant two words mean something to you
0: in terms of it being people feeling accepted to be themselves and just be able to just get on with their life that is a really important thing and there is so many good people that leave country areas because they don't fit in out here and i think some of them would like to stay out sort of out in these areas and but they have to leave farming communities they have to leave regional areas because they don't feel like they feel they fit in so if we can work on all of these regions actually being accepting and allowing for all these people we'll we won't lose so many of these skills to to the city and mm. their families and that sort of thing yeah i guess i know a lot of people that have sort of had to move away from Wherever they were from originally, because they didn't feel like they could be who they wanted to be
1: mm.
2: and what do you think regional places can do in order to improve in that area? I think more
0: just generally more exposure and more sort of visibility um, is a is a good thing i I do find sometimes that these this visibility seems to go a little too hard, which probably puts off some of the rest of the community. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really fine line. Um, things like all of the services being understanding and properly trained and all of that. Um, I know we've had a lot of issues with council services and things like that because it's two females and well you don't get council services because you're the wife you should be doing that. It's like well no that's not <laughs> how it works um, or things like paperwork where you can't have a partner that's same-sex or non-binary or anything like that so and it sort of if it starts at these council levels or these community health levels the if they, if they can make the changes then it starts to sort of trickle through and I think that's really important I mean even out here finding an appropriate doctors, like GP clinic that you can be yourself that you can take your partner um, you won't get hassles from the doctor and that they have the training if if there's something else that specifically they need to know I think, yeah, I think that's all important ways to make it. And then it starts to trickle down because then these people are happy to be in the areas and then they start running businesses that are accepting and open and, yeah, they, they sort of keep going. Um, I don't much care what people think about me. I'm happy to run whatever business I think is the right business to run, but that's a hard position to stand in sometimes. We get, and not just with, with um, sort of LGBTI, any sort of diversity whether that be immigration or like people don't necessarily want to accept different so I think the more that we can get that into regional communities the the more people then feel welcome in those communities it's not even just to visit those communities or
2: yeah absolutely mm. and where were you when the marriage equality vote passed
0: um I think we were living out here by that stage. Yep,
2: 2017,
0: yeah, 2017. Yeah. I remember, uh, yeah, because a lot of our students were sort of asking, Oh, well, well what, how do you want to, like, how do you want me to vote on this? And I'm like, um. <laughs> You've met my, my wife. Like, we, we weren't obviously married, but we'd had so much paperwork to make up for the fact that we weren't married. Like, we had living wills and we had power of attorneys. And like, it was literally a drawer in the filing cabinet. To, <laughs> to uh, make up for the fact that we couldn't be married. And I I guess I still feel somewhat that, yes, that legislation has come in, but it's still not 100% equal. And it's still difficult for it to be equal. We had to deal with the NDIS and I had to argue with them for four years to get my name on the forms properly Um, because their form wasn't set up to have two female pronouns on the same form. And, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll fix that. And it never got fixed. And it took a lot of arguing. And then people would ring up and be expecting to speak to a guy based on whatever they think a guy sounds like. And then, they oh, I can't deal with you. You're not the person I'm supposed to be dealing with. And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> Sorry about that. What do you want me to do? Drop my voice a couple of octaves? Or what? Um, I can give you all the information. You're definitely talking to the right person. So... It's yeah. I, I think it hasn't quite. It, it's got some of the equality, but it hasn't quite got all of the equality. And and I know a lot of the a lot of my students, most of who are cis, middle class females, middle aged females, were all like, "Oh, what do we even need this for?" <laughs> cool. Um, and yeah, I I guess uh, I guess that was sort of. Interesting to to sort of explain to some of them. And as soon as you went, oh, well, because you don't have this, isn't oh, and I'd say, well, because at the moment, if my partner goes to hospital and my in-laws don't like it, they can say I'm not welcome. Uh, oh, oh, they wouldn't do that. Mm, they probably wouldn't, but let's not test it. <laughs> like, we actually want that. And for them to not necessarily see that that's what it was, I don't know what they thought it was a vote for.
2: What do you love most about what you do here? I think I like
0: that we get to sort of impact, so like help so many other people get on with what they want to do with their life, um, Getting especially working in arts. Arts is not the easiest place to get a full-time career out of. And, and so we get to help a lot of them on that first step or watch them be able to, I don't know, drop back to part-time and, do their art part-time as an actual career and so yeah I mean I, I guess I like that part of it um I like the fact that all of our brands and everything are small makers like we're actually every time I sell one card I know somebody is happy about that like that's really make somebody's day so our big suppliers I don't think care when I place an order my little suppliers really do so it's nice to be impacting those sort of family businesses and individuals and and then the same with the artists
2: Hmm. And how is it working alongside your partner?
0: Um, it's or fun. You so? it's fun. It's yep. fun. Um generally we agree on things. We agree on all the sort of important base level things, but yeah, working with with my father and then my my <laughs> partner as well is yes. yeah. Um it's always fun. But yeah, at the end of the day we we set this up together we knew what we were doing and we agree on all the important stuff and the rest of it really doesn't matter it's sort of I mean tends to be more of a I don't like that in blue but well I do bad luck we're getting in blue (laughs) so yeah it's uh, we work pretty well together I know lots of people say I couldn't couldn't work with my partner (laughs) we
2: spend six days a week together and that's perfectly fine and your father does he still he's obviously still yeah, he's still in the business. yep any practices his side. yeah yep.
0: so he does most of the commission work these days and and then the teaching as well um, he doesn't have any intention on retiring he'd be bored so he'll, he'll keep going forever until
2: he can't do it so and did you learn from him
0: yeah yeah pretty much he's he's self-taught he taught himself in the 60s and 70s and then um started working as a business in the sort of 80s and then yeah I sort of learned from him but also self-taught a little bit on some other stuff
2: what do you like about glass art um
0: I actually really enjoy the teaching it's really nice working with other people to figure out what they they want to do and help them learn a skill and um I mean obviously because they're doing it as a hobby they all want to be there it's uh but yeah, I think every pretty much every job I've ever had's involved teaching of some sort of some description, and
2: yeah, I actually quite like it. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for oh, your time. Thank you. It's Thanks been for doing really this. Really lovely to learn about what you do and the good. fact that you've you're from here and yeah, because a lot of the people I've met so far have moved. I'm from here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Moved, so. No, and and I mean that's it. And uh, look, a lot of. A lot of people I went to school with see moving back here as an absolute failure. And I'm like, why? Like, I can see why our parents all moved out here. Like, it's got the train line. It's not that far to Melbourne. It's, um, when we bought the housing prices were really good. (laughs) Not so good now. They're really high. But yeah i mean I, I find it really interesting that there's very much a, oh oh, what went wrong why did you move back and i was like no no it's actually a really good area to live in um my neighbors are really far away we can do whatever we like um we can have our own place mm. and yeah it's San- a good area. Sanctuary. exactly yeah
2: beautiful oh, that's good mm. oh well done cool oh, thank you <laughs>
3: The podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pride Finder, the Rainbow Road Trip, was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award winning creative audio producer, journalist, and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy, and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen, and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest, and reflect the language, thoughts, history, and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian state government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes.